0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Kavaza, and for today, we get into a conversation uh, with uh, one of South Africa's foremost technology leaders, uh, that is Andile Ngaba, who is uh, founder of Convergence Partners. Um, he serves as uh, the chair. Our Convergence Partners uh, specializes in digital infrastructure investments and uh, has raised, uh, you know, $296 million million dollars uh, for its third fund in uh, January 2023 so that was about a year ago and uh, they've that money has been earmarked for opportunities across sub-saharan africa and for today we're going to be talking to him about um, you know one of uh, these deals uh, with all the money that they that they have gathered uh, they have been putting it into a number of companies and on wednesday um convergence partners said it had agreed to make uh, um, you know, the acquisition, um, you know, of data centrics from former JSC listed technology group Alviva uh, through their Convergence Partners Digital Infrastructure Fund in partnership with the existing data centrics management, which has led the company for uh, more than 20 years. So we have, uh, you know, Andele um, joining us today, and we're just going to be getting some insight into Convergence Partners, the investment philosophy, private equity, you know, how they are thinking around um, their technology investments uh, the types of technology that they're looking to invest in and uh, their overall uh, thesis around um, you know investments in the region and how we can build up more businesses uh, that can be invested in uh, in future
1: so thank you very much for your time I really appreciate it uh but just for starters uh, convergence partners is a private equity fund focusing in tech across i mean sub-saharan africa basically i mean that's our mandate and we are an impact investor meaning that esg is very critical in our in our lives i mean in companies that we invest in in our portfolio basically we report on impact in all the companies that we are involved in. And we really want to make sure that uh, both environmental impact, social impact, you know, good governance, all of those form the epicenter of our work. That's number one, right? And uh, number two, as a tech company, we are now in our fund two or fund three, depending how you look at it, So, I mean, uh, our previous fund where we invested, for instance, uh, in Comsol, where we invested in C-Squared, where we invested in a number of other companies, that was uh, Convergence Partners uh, Communications Infrastructure Fund, right, which really invested in building communication infrastructure companies across sub-Saharan Africa. We are now this platform, which we are using, uh, which is Convergence Partners Digital Infrastructure Fund, SIPDIF as we, in short, you know, we are looking at investing in digital infrastructure across the African continent, right? Now, I'll give you one or two examples. I mean, over and above some of those examples you have made. So we invest in technology companies. And uh, we put in growth capital whereby we say, you know, this company is basically geared for growth. I mean, given where it is, it's a tech business, it's in sub-Saharan Africa, it addresses impact issues. And all of these things are very important when we make decisions about, uh, you know, the companies we invest in, right? Now. You know, Sub-Saharan Africa, there is ECOWAS in West Africa, I mean, Comesa or East Africa, SADAC in Southern Africa. Some companies are country-based and some companies are Pan-African in nature, meaning that they operate in multiple countries, basically. So we do look at this as important too, basically, I mean, as as I've said, you know, some of these companies have a much bigger footprint beyond one country. Some of them basically, uh, we do not define them as startups, no, no, no. They, They could be, for instance, have gone past that phase, but they are early from a private equity fund, which are good for us because our fund is 10 plus two, Ten years plus two. So we have a very good runway, for instance, to work with the management of that company and make sure that it grows and we can be able to realize good exits, you know, either towards the end of the fund. So these are all issues that we look at. I mean, as a private equity fund, I mean, but we do not invest in early stage whatsoever. We do not invest in startups but we invest in private equity size companies. Now, there are a number of issues how you would look at this. You can look at how do you define the size of private equity in Africa, for instance, versus Europe, versus North America, versus Asia. The numbers will be different, as you know. I mean, you might realize that uh, in certain parts of the world, you know, Uh, what is defined as a P.E. size of a P.E. fund. I mean, you might say that, uh, you know, deploying, let's say, you know, below anything, $50 million on average. In some countries, that would be seen as a early stage. But in the African continent, you might find that deploying $50 million or $30 million, that's a mature business. So it depends on uh, the maturity of the market, I mean, or geography that we are in. And also some of the companies we look at, they might look, for instance, smaller in size, but the impact that they have in the market and the growth uh, that really they are demonstrating to us. I mean, More from year on year growth, for instance, and the impact that they are having, you will find that that company basically is ripe as a as a as a private equity fund type, uh, you know, target. So this is how we look at the market. I mean, but, you know, more specifically, we are a PE fund. We're a private equity fund in sub-Sahara impact based fund and uh you know we don't do you know venture or vc or early stage but we look at companies specifically for where they are and who they are and what they have done and how they are in their growth curve as we measure it based on our mandate i don't know if that answers your question
0: no it certainly does and i'm glad that uh, you know you've um, explained um, your investment philosophy and rationale like that, because I think in South Africa, we sometimes, um, you know, conflate different types of investment models. There's often been uh, a criticism towards venture capital to say that in South Africa, it's taken on the complexion of uh, private equity. But on your side, you are very firm in that uh you know you guys are on the private equity side, and that's the size of deal you're looking at that's the mentality you get into, and obviously it's characterized by looking for a good exit so with that in mind, um, when you think about something like this data centric acquisition uh, that um, you know has us talking for today, you know what's good you know obviously this is not for the immediate, but what are you looking at in the you know i guess short to medium term to realize um, you know that return you know is it you know maybe looking to the public markets in terms of a listing is it maybe some type of um, you know private market activity maybe you know on selling to another investor or getting more investors into uh, data centrics how are you thinking you know around um, I guess unlocking that value because uh, the nature of private versus public markets has been a big issue of debate you know, especially since COVID, where valuations are in flux, we see lots of delistings, you know, how are you thinking around that?
1: So, of course, uh, you know, for us, really, I mean, as a a private equity fund, we look at a multiplicity of exits, Uh, basically. One could be a trade buyer, you know, or it could be, for instance, uh, you know, any other, I mean, another private equity fund that's looking at the asset, you know, or you can look at different approaches. So we, we really are very open. I mean, sometimes the influence of exit is, is basically driven by market conditions at the time. As you are perfectly saying that, you know, uh, public markets in particular in JSE, the tech stocks, I mean, if you have seen delistings of tech companies over the last 10 or 15 years, basically, I mean, and compare this with uh, just post 2000, you know, where there were a number of companies listing, I mean, uh, in JSE and whether you can also look at other industries in South Africa, such as mining. I mean, that companies go to Canada, they go to Australia. So the, the, the dynamics. In public markets and private markets is is influenced by market conditions of the time. One cannot really define the provide a definitive approach of exit in a ten plus two fund, basically. But suffice to say that uh, you know, for us, we we really uh, you know assist management over time to build very attractive companies. Whether they will be a trade buyer, whether there will be another PE fund, whether it could be a major and then listing, it doesn't matter really for us. We will consider options at the time that are really important for the clients of the business, that are the options that are important for staff, for management, for all the you know, stakeholders in the company, basically. We, we are very, very open. I mean, given the fact that we have seen market dynamics and changes over time. So all the above are possibilities of exit that we look at. I mean, when, when it comes to investing, I mean, for an example. So, and again, I mean, market changes. I mean, sometimes you might find that, uh, you know, uh, I mean, if you, I mean, I give an example. MNOs uh you know are now slowly predominantly becoming uh, fintech companies you know and this is something that was never foreseen before when we looked at MNOs as voice companies right i mean in 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 the africa region we have seen the entry of hyperscalers the entry of cloud companies the entry of data centers the entry of REITs i mean that are now interested in Tower companies, et cetera. So really, you know, and if you, if me and you would be discussing, let's say in 2011 or 12 and talk about whether cloud companies or hyperscalers would be interested in coming into South Africa or Africa, maybe somebody would say, mm, not, not really. Right. But look at it today. I mean, I mean, we were discussing with one of my colleagues about, you know, private equity funds that will be coming into the African continent towards 2030. I can tell you all the big names in the PE environment will be in Africa in the next five to seven years. I mean, you might not see those names today, but you will see them in the next five years or so. And these are some of the, as the African markets mature and they become global and that the assets in Africa basically are attractive to not only PE funds that we have seen historically, the likes of Convergence and Ethos, but international PE funds will be interested in this market. Similarly, you know, a number of international trade buyers. Or a number of international players, so the the dynamics in the market are changing, and therefore, exit opportunities will be great in the next five years to to ten years or so.
0: All right, that's really great, um, you know, Andile, and I think um, where we can end off being cognizant of your time is on two points. Just reflecting on, um, you know, what you've just said. Now, uh, the first thing you know that we're curious about is. Um, Because you've had such a, um, you know, long, uh, long career in private equity and investing, um, you know, and you've got the different funds. When you look at your current, you know, slate of investments, um, you know, whether it's data centrics, um, you know, C squared, uh, 42 markets, E4, you know, all of the different places where you've been allocated. We we
1: have exited E4. I'm sure you know that.
0: Yes. Yes yeah. um the current ones that are in yeah. the the current the ones that yeah. are in the portfolio do you what approach do you take do you take a we are simply looking at each asset in isolation and making sure that the business case is good and we grow it as an individual company Or do you take the approach that some, um, you know, investors take where they try to create some type of synergies uh, between the companies that they have in their portfolios?
1: So, I mean, uh, for us, I mean, let me, I'm going to give you a long answer. I mean, (laughs) yes, please. Yeah. So for us, I mean, you have private equity funds that are generalist in nature, right? not invest in real estate, in healthcare, in tech, in financial services. No, we are not. We are a tech-focused investor. So issues of synergies for us, issues of geographic growth, issues of how that business will expand are very, very important, right? Because of exactly the fact that we are A sector-focused private equity fund. We are not a generalist fund, right? Now, I mean, because we have depth of knowledge in the tech environment, that gives us that opportunity to be able to shape the industry itself, not only shape the company, basically, but to participate in various international, regional fora to shape the industry itself. We just came back from the world, you know, radio conference in Dubai last December where 6G was discussed, right? Which will be introduced in 2027, right? And therefore, I mean, if you take companies in our ecosystem like C-squared, companies, for instance, like uh, Comsol, who are very strong in 28 gigahertz millimeter wave, which is one of the frequencies that are driving the future of connectivity, basically, right? I mean, you take companies like CISWED that has a footprint across the continent in countries like DRC, Kenya, for instance, Ghana, et cetera. So for us, Right. Complementarity is very important between portfolio companies. Synergy, for instance, and also our growth strategy. We look at it and saying, what can this company do? Can this company merge with A or B? Can this company grow on its own? So we look at companies in their singular strategy, but we also look at a portfolio from a, um, you know from a from a, a synergy point of view so those are issues as a as a tech focused investor that we look at i mean we because we understand where technology is going right because we understand the future of regulations because we understand all of these things that's why we are able to really position our investee companies or our portfolio companies in a very strategic way. I give an example, the last example. You see you saw what SEC has done in the blockchain environment, in the Bitcoin environment that ETFs are now, you know, allowed and uh, you know people can be able to buy, you know, Bitcoin, I mean, through, you know, ETFs basically. This is a great opportunity for a blockchain play now remember there was a lot of hesitancy in the way in which people look at you know uh, the entire web3 ecosystem so this is again a new area for us that we now are comfortable that regulators in the u.s and we hope regulators in africa will start to recognize the crypto ecosystem, which in essence will bring interest in, for instance, private equity funds to now invest in Web3 companies. And uh, so we follow all of these developments. We understand them. And we understand also both from a regulatory point of view, globally and domestic regulations in a number of markets. And we understand You know, the fact that when is the best time for us to enter a particular tech sector, I'm just giving you this as an example of an area that we've been tracking for some time and which is becoming even more interesting with what we have been seeing, for instance, from SEC, um, SEC, I mean, basically in the US, in the area of uh, the, the crypto markets or what we call the digital asset class.
0: Yes, it certainly it certainly does make sense, especially um, that last example that you were giving, Andile, about um, developments in the ETF space. Uh, something that I've also been following, and with that in mind, it also makes sense why you know for cap for convergence partners um, that investment into Forty Two Markets Group. Um, you know, was strategic uh, for you guys from that point of view. So it certainly does make sense that you guys are making use of uh, you know your years in the industry uh, to make um, these capital allocation decisions. Now, as we end off, the last point we wanted to get from you, Andile, is um, I had opportunity to hear you speak um, in November last year at uh, the Africa Tech Summit, and one of the things that uh, you brought up. Was um, how to create an enabling environment, you know, to have more businesses, uh, you know, that are worth investing in, and that's where I wanted us to end off for today. To say you made a comment earlier in this discussion about the fact that you are expecting, you know, this uh, this boom um, on the African continent, especially for um, you know, for PE in the in the coming years. But from a perhaps let's just localize it and call it a essay point of view, how do we ensure that we get more businesses to that Uh, to that level where the likes of a convergence partners are actually interested to put in money? How do we get more businesses to get to that PE level uh, where we can put in, um, you know, capital that can help them to grow and uh, realize some of those returns for investors?
1: Look, I mean, South Africa needs to to develop, I mean, the... Early stage VC, the startup ecosystem, incubators, accelerators, basically, you know, I mean, and, uh, you know, out of school and uh, people need to think about entrepreneurial ship and by building companies, I mean, This becomes, you need to build this as a culture in society, right? And you need to create that, you know, ecosystem of families, funding, startups, of, uh, you know, people looking at best ways to start companies. I mean, and fail fast and keep going, right? I mean... All economies, whether you look at Asia, for instance, while Asia has grown as a very strong manufacturing base of the world, but at the same time, we have seen the emergence of entrepreneurs and startups. I mean, us, I mean, we, we are on a separate note. I mean, we, we get involved in hackathons. We get involved at personal level in uh, startup ecosystems in the country, just to get an understanding of that pipeline, how it's going to look like in 2030, you know, 2032. I mean, because it's those companies today that are, for instance, in the incubators, in the accelerators, that in the early thirties will be companies that we look at, basically. So we are active, I mean, in our individual roles, in the support of the early stage ecosystem in our country, in East Africa, in West Africa, through a number of these events in the form of Pan African hackathons, city-based hackathons, country hackathons, company-created hackathons to basically nurture that early stage development. Because, I mean, as you, as you are saying, you are as good as your future pipeline, I mean, in the private equity space, and therefore VC, early stage entrepreneurial development, while we are not active there as investors, but some of us as tech players, we are involved in supporting that community in participating, for instance, you know, in making sure that, uh, you know, that layer of our market is maturing and is growing. Africa needs that, South Africa needs that. I mean, we really need that. I mean, I always say, you know, entrepreneurship should be taught at high school, at university, it doesn't matter what course you're going to do, but you need to learn how to become an entrepreneur. It's extremely very important, right? The future economy Is going to require a lot of people starting up their own businesses, basically, whether those businesses are in technology, are in services, et cetera. I mean, you take a company like DataCentrics, we have followed DataCentrics for the last 25 years. They are probably celebrating 25 years now. This is a tier one system integrator that is very strong in managed services, a tier one system integrator in South Africa. But Data Centrics was an early stage business in the in the in the late 90s, right? I mean that's where we have seen this business growing over time. Twenty years after twenty years, it's a tier one player in the market where they operate, right? And uh, so what one is saying, I mean, we need to look at these companies today. That I mean, if if Data Centrics is now in tier one. A number of companies that can start in the AI field will be tier one, I mean, in their area in the next 15 years or so. But it takes time to build. It's not something that you can do overnight. But we, all of us, as tech entrepreneurs, as tech practitioners, as technologists, we need to engage young people and assist them in thinking around Building, for instance, their own companies, but having a long term view in mind and not only think about, you know, I mean, how can this business be, I mean, big in a year or two? No, we need unicorns will come, but we need to build sustainable businesses over a longer period of time. I mean, I think for us, we are excited to invest in data centrics, a South African business. A South African grown business that has been built by South African management over time. Tier one player system integrator, very strong in managed services, very strong in banking, financial services and insurance. Banking, I mean, very strong in FMCG, oil and gas supply chain. I mean, this is a great story of the South African tech environment. So we're really excited To be part and parcel of data centrics with great management, good people, very, very solid leadership under Ament. So, we really are quite excited that we are part and parcel of this journey with them at this point in time.
0: So that's where we end off. Uh, We were talking to Andin Laba, who is the founder of Convergence Partners, um, giving us some insight into uh, their latest uh, deal. That is uh, a deal where they have bought. Um, Data Centrics, which is a systems integrator business out of um, you know Alviva, uh, a company that uh, delisted from the JSC a year ago, and he was just giving us some insight into the rationale behind that particular deal, and also where it fits, um, you know, in Convergence Partners' uh, portfolio, where it fits on the journey uh, that Convergence Partners is in in terms of their strategy, the types of companies and technologies uh, that they are in right now. He says that. Um, you know the unicorns will come but you know it takes a lot of time and for now we need to have the systems in place to actually make sure that we get more businesses you know to a point that uh, they can attract um, you know private equity players and uh, though convergence partners is not an early stage investor um, you know and they're saying that uh, you know tech players such as themselves you're know are doing their part to actually just make sure uh, that we do have uh, those ecosystems being built uh because for private equity players you also need to be ensuring your future as well so there's a synergistic approach uh that needs to be had because uh, as more and more businesses uh, grow you know then there's more and more opportunity for you know your private equity players you know to also come in and add value where they do Andile, thank you so much for being with us today
1: thank you very much
0: pocket costs or wherever you choose to get your pods costed i've been murio gavaza of the business day and financial mail and this has been another edition of the business day spotlight which is a multimedia live production so for myself and the rest of the team it is a good evening good afternoon and good morning <music>